0: Welcome back to the Matt Report Podcast. Today's special guest is Brian Castle. You might know him from Bootstrapped Web and Process Kit and a whole bunch of other things. He's been around since I've been around. And uh, this is the fifth time he's appeared on the show. Uh, fun fact, his bootstrap web podcast before it was with Jordan, I was on it. And before he actually really made a go of it, I was on it in the early days. So the first 10 episodes that he did, I was in one of those episodes. I don't even think they're in the archives anymore, uh, to be honest with you, but, uh, he was one of the very first podcasts that I ever appeared on. So, uh, I met him in Providence, Rhode Island when he did word camp, Rhode Island, Many years ago when he was doing restaurant engine, he's still at it. I'm still at it. You're still listening to this stuff and we really appreciate it. And he's going to share a lot of his insights and what he's learned over the years as a solo founder trying to do content marketing. Uh, not even trying, but he's doing it, uh, but the different ways he's tried it, the different angles he's taken the approach from. And most recently talking about video podcasting and how that has shaped up for him, what kind of return on investment he's got. And then the big one is he's back to using WordPress. <laughs> uh, you know, on Twitter, he, you know, mentioned how frustrated he was with WordPress many years ago uh, and or many years ago, about a year ago. And now he, he had tried some other static CMSs, but guess what? He's back when it comes to creating content, uh, collaborating on content, giving other people access, working with plugins, you still can't beat WordPress. Uh, You know, I I would put this, I'll I'll die on this hill, at least for the next year, (laughs) that this WordPress content marketing, creating content, engaging with other people, still a very hard platform to peel away from my cold, dead content creating hands. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. MyReport.com, MyReport.com slash subscribe. Join the mailing list, number one way to stay connected. If you have two seconds out of your day, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. I'd really appreciate it. Let's talk about some of the people that's help supporting that's helping support the show today. And the first one is do the woo. You can find the do the woo podcast over at do the woo.io. when you wanna know woo. Do the Woo. I just made that up as I was (laughs) going through this. The official tagline is connecting the WooCommerce builder community. This is made by um, community fan favorite, Bob WP. You might know him. He has been a prolific content creator in the WordPress space, podcaster, video maker, and do the Woo.io recently got a new Focus. It got a new redesign. Uh, you know, there's a job board up there right now. If you're looking to post a job for uh, WooCommerce listings or things that touch e-commerce in the WordPress space, check out Do the Woo.io. He's taking a hyper focus on WooCommerce. So if you, you know, I talk about WooCommerce, you know, every now and again. But if you're looking for a podcast that straight up talks about e-commerce, WooCommerce, WordPress, that's the podcast for you. Do the Woo. Io. Check it out. Thank Bob WP for supporting the show. Lots of fun features. I think he's I think he's gonna be doing something where uh, he's not only highlighting people who are great WooCommerce experts, but now don't quote me on this, and I didn't get this from Bob yet, but he might have like a creator or a, a developer directory pretty soon, something like that. So check it out. Do the Woo.io. Thanks for sponsoring the show. Next up PaidMembershipsPro.com. PaidMembershipsPro.com. You can save fifty bucks, five zero U.S. dollars, uh, if you check out at PaidMembershipsPro.com/slash/matreport. You know, I don't know of a, another time in my web journey where so many people are forced to create membership sites these days. There's a lot of Um, yoga studios, uh, I know accountants, I know lawyers who are creating membership-only content, membership-only access because of where we're at in society with COVID, Um, places shutting down at the time of this recording, we're going into the wintertime. A lot of people are using memberships to supplement their business. They're creating content and they're selling it. They're selling direct access. And why not use something like Paid Memberships Pro dot com slash Matt Report. Save that fifty bucks. It's the longest standing free membership plugin that I know of. When I started my agency, I used it all the time. My brother uses it at the TradRisk dot um, It's a tried and true membership plugin for WordPress. Over a hundred thousand sites trust it. Why shouldn't you check it out? slash Matt Report. Save 50 bucks when you're using any of their add ons, when you're buying any of their add ons. You can use the framework of it for free. I shouldn't say framework, the core of pa- Paid Memberships Pro for free by using their awesome plugin. Check it out. slash Matt Report. Thanks for supporting the show. I want to really pick Brian's brain on creating I also seen you do a lot more in the video department I mean I've seen you invest in like sound panels better microphones a camera uh video editing I mean you're like me you've you've always been creating that stuff uh curious to see like what that journey has been like and how you've tied that back to process kit or your productized service or not like let's dive into that right now how has that been for you and where's it all going
1: So video i I separate podcasting from video a little bit uh podcasting i've been doing for many years as as you know um mostly as as the co-host of of the bootstrapped web podcast with with my buddy jordan um when i moved into this house i this office that i'm in was super echoey so so i did get the sound panels just to Mm -hmm. um help help with the podcasting sound and everything but um yeah with with video um i I go in spurts with it and and you're catching me now at a time when i, I I'm actually a little bit uh uh kind of lost steam on on the video stuff i mm-hmm. I tend to like uh focus on it for a couple of months at a time and then and then maybe not touch it for another year or so um because as as I'm sure you know uh anybody who does video it just takes so much energy not just being on camera but like setting it up and like literally like i I spent so many hours just doing test shots, you know, yeah. like just, just getting the right, um, distance from the camera and the, and the lighting, right. And, and it, it's just like, and then you gotta like, it's not like I have a video team around me, you know, I, I'm the, I'm the cameraman and the person on the camera. So that means like getting up back and forth, fixing the stupid setting on the camera, going back and trying it again, and then re-importing it and look, seeing how it looks on the computer. And it's just like so much energy to produce even just like a two minute video you know what, what what
0: spawned the idea to get into doing the video for youtube or or getting more serious about it because you've always did like you did stuff well, i think with your iphone for quite some time You like i see you in your backyard you would be talking about stuff but you got a little bit more serious with it with getting that camera and, and actually doing the editing stuff what was that like moment where you're like you know what i'm gonna invest in this
1: yeah um so i it was probably around covid uh in march um <clears throat> So it started with a little bit of work on my productized course and, 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 uh, and that community, that, that audience making videos for them. And then a few months later, I, I used the same setup to make some new videos for process kit, but it, it did start. Like I, I bought the camera in March. It's not a super expensive one. I think it's like a Canon M 60, one of these, mm-hmm. uh, mirrorless, um, cameras. Um, which I really like, you know, as like a, not, I I don't consider myself any sort of video expert. So um, for me, it's a, it's a good little camera to do some better than iPhone video kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and so, yeah, in March when, when COVID happened, I, I, I sort of made the decision that at that time I wanted to put a little bit more energy into the productized course and that community and that audience, at least for just a little while, um, because I found that, that with everybody going remote and the world going a little bit crazy for whatever reason, it seemed like all of a sudden there was a little bit more interest in online learning and, and online community than there, than there was normally before that. So, so at that point, I, I, I've, i felt compelled to like, at least try to put more video content out. Um, uh, so I did that and I spent some time figuring out the video process and all that. Um, Came what out was that huge- process? What was your research process like? Because I know it was for me,
0: it was just like I went headfirst into YouTube and I was just watching every video camera review, every person that was reviewing cameras, like the technology to set it up. And I spent pff, embarrassingly amount of hours <laughs> researching yeah. cameras and then buying cameras. And I spent thousands and thousands of dollars on cameras up until this
1: point. I've, I've, uh, I've. Gone down that rope rabbit hole a little bit. I didn't spend a ton of time on the on the camera research. Like I spent a little bit. I I, I basically learned like what is a mirrorless camera, and then I figured sure. out like like all right, Canon M60 versus uh, versus whatever the other two popular most popular ones in in that um, in in that uh, like class of, of cameras, yep. right? Um, and I I ended up going with the M60. I guess I just saw a few more positive reviews for that one than than others, and then I I, I ordered that. Um, I got a little, like one of those ring light, light things, but really I spent more time figuring out my setup in, in my office, uh, Mm -hmm. like arranging the desk in a certain way. Cause the other challenge here is that I have, um, these pretty big windows, like right behind my, my computer, uh, which, which are nice most of the time, but, but on video, they, the, the lighting completely like, you know, oversaturates everything. Yep. Um, so I actually, I also invested in, uh, uh, new, um, what do you call these? They're like blackout, not curtains, but you, you pull them down. Um, like like blinds, like, like blinds. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I, got like blackout ones so that I could at least block the sun when I'm doing videos. Um, uh, and then, and then it took a while to just figure out like the, the placement of the camera, getting a tripod set up and. And, um, and a lot of test shots and, and even like the, the settings on the camera, like that I have some sunlight coming in so it's so it's like it, it, it's different settings depending on what time of day I'm recording. So that's kind of challenging. Um, but then then I did end up hiring a video editor. Um, you know, like I I made a pretty rough edit for like a, a first video to show like what I wanted, but then I ended up outsourcing the video editing. Um, I hired a guy in the Philippines who uh, was a pretty decent um, video editor. Obviously, it, it doesn't cost a whole lot to, to outsource to that part of the world. Um, but we went back and forth quite a bit over over a few weeks. Like he made a standard intro to my videos. I gave him some feedback and edits on that. And then I gave him some notes on how I want to have my... Basically, my videos are, are usually like me sitting at a desk talking about some topic. right And... Um, and the way that I do them is I usually jot down some rough notes, like a very rough outline um, about what I want to talk about, and then I get on the mic or, or on the camera and I hit record. And then I sit there for, let's say, say say it's like a fifteen minute sit down session where it's just recording the whole fifteen minutes. I'll I'll run through what I want to say and I'll talk. I'll I'll say the the couple of sentences and make the point. And then if I'm like, oh, that didn't come out right or I screwed something up, then I'll I'll just pause. And then I'll say that part again, and just keep it rolling the whole time. and And I worked out with my editor so that he knows. Like, basically, I always just want to keep the the last take of everything. Um, so if I say a sentence like three times in a row, he's just going to cut cut out the first two and use the the final one. Um, and uh, and so so we worked that out. And then and then I set him up with being able to publish to my YouTube channel. And so then the goal was just to. And this is usually my goal with everything is like. I just want to do the recording. I want to sit and, and press record and then hand off the files to him and let him do the editing and set up on YouTube and publish it. Um but with video, it's still like I'm the only one in my office here. So I still have to spend a lot of time like prepping and getting the test shots right and, and all that. So it's it's time consuming.
0: When you sat down, when you before you outsourced the editing portion of it and you sat down for let's say that fifteen minute Uh, recording, or let's say you did a a string of recordings uh, going over a bunch of topics at once, that 15 minutes recording, how much total time do you think you invested just doing setup, recording, editing,
1: uploading? Yeah. Like for example, like if I, if I, if I recorded for 15 minutes, it probably ends up being like a five or six minute YouTube video, but the whole, the whole session, I mean, yeah, to do that. So let's say, let's say it's a 15 minute actually with recording on, Probably takes two or three hours, yeah, to do the whole thing. To like uh, set up the camera, get the settings right, get the lighting right. Um, maybe jot down a few notes if I haven't done that already about what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you record it, and then it's transferring the video to uh, to the computer, and then putting it up into Dropbox, and and then you know giving it to the editor. So it's like at least yeah. three hours there. Yeah, great. So if my boss, Craig,
0: is, uh, is listening, you know, uh, Craig, see, this is, this is what I mean. When I do a video, it takes me
1: all day long. And <laughs> we yeah. have proof from Brian here because, you know, I it's thought it was- cr- It's amazing I, how different podcasting is from video. I mean, yes. like with podcasting, with, with me and Jordan, we literally get on a call, like a Zoom call, hit record on the call, and that recording like goes into Dropbox and we are done yeah <laughs> like that that's yeah. it you know yeah a tip that i realized years ago because i i uh i used to uh, be into music production especially like recording music in, mm-hmm. in a studio and i st- I still do it now sort of as a hobby in my home studio downstairs but like one of the tips that i that i learned um years ago when i was doing that was because it does take so much time to just place the mics and do test recordings yes. and, and and get get the setting all all right um that so much so like it takes so much energy that it actually takes away from your performance when you hit record so the trick that i learned was like like put in the work to get the setup all right and then leave it and like come back either the next day or go out to lunch and then come back so then so so then all you need to do is like come into the office sit down and hit record and like have some sort of break in between the setup and the actual recording um Mm -hmm. that that helps a lot
0: so it's, it's a lot of work, right? We've we've realized this, a lot of work, a lot of recording, a lot of moving files, a lot of rendering, a lot of editing, depending on what you're doing. Um, you said you're in a bit of a dip right now with, with the video production. Why? Are you looking at it and saying, man, it's not really working the way I want, just too much stuff going
1: on? First of all, it's just that I'm so fo- focused on working on process kit, uh, mostly mm-hmm. working on the product. So I'm, I'm doing a lot of coding. I'm working directly with my developer every day as well. Um yeah, the, to be honest, there there is a little bit of that. Um, uh, it didn't have the results that I, ultimately that I was hoping for, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so thinking about the productized part of it, the course and the and the audience, um, there continues to be people flowing into that audience who who find the stuff on YouTube. They find my newsletter, they find my blog posts and stuff like that. Um, but but the YouTube videos. Like I get some positive feedback from that, but if you think about it, like return on investment, it's not like <laughs> it It doesn't seem worth it. Like right. the, the, the little amount of positive feedback or, or audience growth that I'm seeing after publishing a bunch of, uh, YouTube videos balanced out with the enormous effort and time that goes into actually producing videos. Um, I'm not sure that it was worth it to keep to keep spending my time on it because it's, you know, as we talked about, like, yeah, that might be a three hour session to to record for 15 minutes. But that also wipes me out for the day. A hundred percent, my friend. <laughs> you know? Like, yep. Like, that's all my energy that I had for the day. Like, I can't go and do some other creative project in the afternoon, you know, yep. Um and Man, so, you're you're making the uh, you're
0: making the case for my for my job right now. <laughs> I was, still, I was having that conversation with Craig today. In fact, uh, I have three other podcasts lined up today, um, other than other than yours that I'm recording right now. And I was telling Craig like one of the biggest challenges I have going into this job is I'm I'm doing a and I'm not this is not a complaint. Uh, but at Castos or at Pagely, I just had one job. I just had to sell Pagely, which was fine. Like, uh, you know, nothing wrong with that. But here at Castos, I'm helping with the product and I'm helping Craig do sales because I have that background and I'm doing this creative thing. And I just, <laughs> you know, I'm only, whatever, 60 days into this job. And I just told Craig, I'm like, I, I need to have a buffer. Like I need yeah. days where I'm, I'm just working creative because if, I, if I'm if i doing sales and creative the same day it's literally impossible i'm spent i'm spent from selling and then i'm spent from like recording it's impossible yeah, it, it's interesting you
1: know for anyone who's hiring um or building a team uh it took me a little while to learn this too like it's it's not just purely about how many hours is it going to take that person and how many hours are there in a work day it's you know it's, it's about the nature of the work um you know like like uh, for example in audience ops uh fairly early on um, we had our our first project manager who, who was who was like managing a bunch of the uh, client accounts we got it to a point where she she was still our only project manager but we were growing the client base and it got to a point where um, she was personally the manager like the account manager for 20 25 different clients right but but in fact like our Service is so streamlined that even managing twenty-five clients does not take forty hours a week. It's still, right. it's still just a fifteen to twenty-hour a week, um, like engagement for her to to oversee that many clients. But she told me, like, I, I just can't do it. It's just too many things to. It's too chaotic, e- even though it's a not too many, too crazy on on the total hours. It's just too many things to keep track of you know so that so that's when we decided like all right we have to hire more managers and it doesn't matter how many hours they spend they just can't manage more than like 10 accounts each you know
0: and and the other thing that's overlooked in this creative process and this is something i've been coming to to terms with and this is actually not a bad uh thing for you to stew on since you you do have that music background and i know you play the guitar and, and all that stuff is like I've I've come to reality with the content that I put out as I I consider myself an artist like this is my art right as stupid as it sounds, uh, you know and as like uh, vanilla as the content is that I put out like entrepreneurship and and WordPress stuff like I'm always working to get better like I feel like this is my art and yeah. when we sit down sometimes or at least I know for me, like this all sounds great. Hey, a 15 minute video is is three hours of work. Okay. I can deal with that. But what about when it's 15 minutes of time, three hours of work and you hate it and you end up trashing it? Cause I've done that a million times with this stuff. Oh, like I just don't like it and I don't, I never ship it and it's four or five hours gone.
1: Dude, I totally relate to that hundred <laughs> percent um it is an art you know it, people might may think that's true or not but it, it absolutely is um uh and and it takes a lot of there's a lot more than even just the words that you're saying that go into making a, an interesting podcast and being yep. comfortable on the mic and uh and the overall quality and everything so um hundred percent and there have been so many things that i've just thrown out and not shown to the world for sure um <laughs> uh- Speaking
0: of, of getting burned out and, and, and frustrations, and, you know, we had that whole debate thing last night at the time of this recording, uh, following you on Bootstrap Web for a while, I know you've debated with uh, Jordan about being, you know, what I'll say is more social. Like you, like you would say that, hey, yeah, I never really engaged in Twitter that much, but you, like, I feel like you're, you're doing that more now. But then I think I recently heard you say, like, you're going to dial that back <laughs> because you're like, I'm just, there's just too many things going on. and I just really want to focus on the, on the product. Is, is all um, of this that culmination of that?
1: Well, you're catching me today at a time when, um, and I do talk about this on Bootstrap Web, I think this week and maybe last week. I'm at this point now, personally, where, uh, as you know, I've been a solo founder for forever. That gets really draining um, mm-hmm. after a while. Uh, it's, you know, I have some people around me who, who I delegate to, I hire people to, to do certain tasks, um, and take things off of my plate, but that's not the same as, um, as having a true collaborator, you know, um, and whether that's crea- like a lot of time, I, I, I feel like I lack having a, a a collaborator on on like creative projects, like building software or designing things, or even creating marketing campaigns. Um, A lot of times it's just decision-making strategy, like having somebody to, uh, to bounce strategy ideas off of. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I have a lot of uh, friends, like, like, like mastermind uh, advisors, like, and and I really value my private groups that I'm in more than ever uh, for that reason. Um, But that's still not the same as somebody who's actually in your business, like collaborating with you uh, and has like a vested stake in it. And so lately I, I tweeted like maybe a week or two ago that um, I want to do, I want to, I want to make more of an effort to just stay in touch with people uh, like people who I really respect and admire. And, and um, especially as creators and, and professionals and entrepreneurs, like um, I, I feel like, especially this year with with COVID and and people not meeting up in person, um, we we lose a lot of the uh, the deep dive conversations um, that happen. And so, I'm trying to I'm trying to like basically make an effort to just stay in touch with people and and have more offline conversations, not just tweets back and forth. But let's hop on a Zoom call and talk about what what we're working on and and ask for advice and, and stuff like even if there's like no agenda. Um, and the reason for that is, is that like, you never know down the road, you know, if, uh, if there might be an opportunity to, whether it's like partnering up with someone or, or hiring someone, or, or even, even if it's just a small project together or something like you need to have these working relationships already brewing for those things to happen. Um, yeah. it, you can't, you can't like meet someone for the very first time and expect to, to dive into, to, uh, to a partnership or, or a, or a really good collaboration. You have to sort of like know them for a while and then, and then an opportunity arises. And so the only way that that's going to happen is if, if you actually make an effort to, to sustain a lot of these relationships. And, and I've been terrible at that for most of my life. You know, I, I, I like even socially with, with longtime friends um, that like I've just never been great at just like keeping in touch and like calling people for no reason. You know, I always feel like <laughs> right. like, like I have to like, there has to be a reason for this call. Why, why are we spending time on it? But um, that's that's what I've been thinking about lately. Do you think that's
0: that's because of of the job, the hats that we, that we wear as, as creators or as entrepreneurs or and business builders? It's just like we get so dialed in and focused on the work. Like everything just becomes like this workflow that we have to start and finish and it's no time for, you know...
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I definitely... I know I'm not alone here. I mean, I, I definitely put a lot of pressure on myself to, uh, to continuously make forward progress on everything, whether it's shipping new stuff or growing the business. And, and then when I'm not working directly on that, I feel guilty, you know? Yeah. Um, Like my friends that I've grown up with, uh, most of them are not entrepreneurs. um, But lately during COVID times, we, they started up this um, uh, Thursday night poker, like, you know, they'll play online poker and, and um and we'll fire up a Zoom call while while we're at it and have some drinks and stuff. And it's been fun to to catch up with them. Um, but but still, it's like, well, I could I could put in a few extra hours on on the software thing that I'm working on, right? And, <laughs> you know. Um, and it's like I I, I there's there's just like extra pull that that uh that most people don't don't feel all the time, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. You and I were just chatting about this before we. Hit record. Uh, my job at Casos now, like when I was at Pagely, and still doing the mail Report, still doing YouTube stuff, and uh, you know, futzing around with some other side gigs. Like my day at Pagely was was pretty packed with like sales stuff, and at the end of the day, I would put this extra stress on myself to, you know, I, I went to Pagely so I could remove myself from stress of of running a business, of running an agency specifically, right, which is you know stressful because agency life. Uh, And that's why I went to Pagely, had kids, and I just like, I need something just where I can just focus in on it and do that. And then I was finding that, okay, as I got comfortable at Pagely, let's let's kick up the Maripor stuff, let's do this creator stuff. And then I was finding myself getting stressed, not getting that stuff done. And when I switched to Castos, and only being at 60 days, of course, there is a huge amount of creativity in this job. Like that is my job, is to create podcasts, create YouTube videos, and be on other podcasts, a large part of the job. And what I found was that... It was satisfying the creativity in me. It wasn't I need to get a Matt Report episode out. I need to do a plug and tut video. My brain wanted to be creative. And now that I'm at Castle, it's like I hadn't, I've only done one video in 60 days for my plug and tut channel. And my brain has been completely fine with that. <laughs> yeah. Know? And you know, it's just a testament to say like look, find a job you love or or finding something you do can maybe shift that. But it's it's very difficult to say that when you're the owner because you
1: own everything and there's so much more stress on that. Totally, man. I I I mean, I think it's awesome. And and like the you know, and again like right now like I'm also I've been thinking a lot, a lot about as you know, I've I've worn all the hats in my business mm-hmm. for for many years. Um but now I don't know if it's me getting old <laughs> and, and not having as much energy as I used to, but it's, um, I'm, I'm so focused on the product side with process kit. And so that's like the things that I really love to do. And I feel like I, out of all the things I, I really add the most value to is designing the product, uh, building the product and, and collaborating with my developer on building the product and also talking to customers so that I have that loop of feedback and then pushing that feedback into the product that's Mm -hmm. that's what i love to spend all my hours on and i am spending all my hours on that today um but it's a it's a very young SaaS business that has to be marketed and um and there has to be work that goes into the marketing things and so i i have hired like some contractors to help with developing some new content and and this and that but um you know right now I'm still feeling that crunch of like, like if I don't give them direction or, or approve certain things on the marketing side, like those, those, that ball is not going to be moved forward. Um, and, and that's where I, I would just, it would be great if there was somebody, if if I had like a Matt Medeiros on my team to, uh, (laughs) to, to just be creating that stuff all the time, you know, like it's their fault. All their energy goes into the marketing and, and building the community and, uh, and, and doing the app, like, you know, building exposure and I could just continue to 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 spend my time on the product, um, knowing that somebody has taken that on like full time. Like that's that's really on my mind right now. I don't I haven't fully solved that problem, but um yeah, I saw, I actually just saw Syed
0: from Awesome Motive, uh, WP Forms, Optin Monster. He's looking to hire somebody to do video and, and content and tutorial creation. So uh, it's definitely a, a space that's, that's getting hotter. Do, are you going to, now you said you are interviewing people, right, for that kind of thing? Or or is it more um, traditional content?
1: Well, no, I, I did recently hire um, uh, someone who's helping with, um, she's doing mostly like, Uh, written content but it so it's like blog guides plus uh she's doing some promotion of that like um, she's going into like communities and and promoting and and doing some link building and guest posting and stuff like that um so there's that and then i also have audience ops who who's producing some case study articles for me um so i have those like i'm delegating some of that execution work but i'm still the one making it happen yeah basically yeah yeah um Uh, and, and I'm, I'm also like dabbling a little bit in like cold email outreach. That's sort of like an automated system. Um, but like I, I would, I would really like to 10 X all this effort on the marketing side. Um, whether it's, it, it doesn't, it doesn't even necessarily have to be like video specifically, but like one thing I would really like to do more of is building a community. Um, you know, building a community around the products around the audience, like not only, grow the um, not only do the marketing things to, to build traffic and build exposure and leads and sales but like while we're doing that we should we should have the audience communicating with each other I, I really think that's a strategy that most businesses should be doing if you can get your yeah. your customers talking to each other um, it adds even more like loyalty and lock in and uh, and just value overall um, yeah I'm looking at the process kit website right now
0: and under the uh, which I love the site has gotten a lot you've added a lot more to it since I've (laughs) originally uh, demoed the the product a a while ago but I'm looking at Process Kit versus Trello and you have some great videos in there but they're they're like customer feedback videos like Harry Morton uh, how they use Process Kit Uh, if you scroll down there's more of those I mean that's another great way of video I guess always I guess the lesson here is video doesn't always have to be driven by you the creator but if you can get Case studies or tutorials by other people, that's super powerful too.
1: Yeah, the case studies that you see there, um, I, I like the process that I have for that now. So basically what I did was I invited, I think I did five or six of them so far. Um, I invited, you know, like five or six really good customers on Process Kit who've been on it for a few months um, to, uh, you know, Zoom calls with me, inter- inter- video interview calls. And and I just interview them just like a podcast for, and it's just like a short one, like 20, 25 minutes Um and I and I asked them about their business and then how they came about Process Kit and like really like the whole story of why they sought it out and how specifically they're using it and then the results that that they're seeing with it. Um and I'm asking like follow-up questions and we're and it's really a whole conversation. It's actually interesting content for 25 minutes. Um, but you know, I do I do line up the questions to ultimately get some really good testimonial quotes out of them um but they're natural and they're real it's not it's not like i went to some customers and i asked like hey can you email me back a two-sentence testimonial quote that i could use on my website because then they're just going to like edit themselves and it's not going to be very high impact Um, if you do this video interview call with them and and get them really talking about it they start to talk about like like the like the emotional payoff that they have when when they're able to delegate tasks off to their team and process and how process Kit made that so much easier for them. And like that starts to really shine through. And so, um, so I did the video calls with them and then, uh, I, I did, I personally did the editing on these. So I, um, I cut them down to like five minute testimonial videos and just pulling out like the best clips and even breaking those up into like five different testimonial quotes that I could use in different places from each person. Um, and then, and then transcribing those, and then doing some light editing on the transcriptions, and then you can pop those those quotes into the site where where they make the most sense. You know,
0: yeah, no, that's awesome stuff. Uh, while we were chatting, I looked up. So yes, this is the fifth time you've been on the show. First time oh, wow. was November twenty eighth, two thousand and twelve. Oh, my God. So we're going on almost eight years. And you should see these two young fellas uh, in this YouTube video that I'm looking at right now. Uh, Then your second episode was... 2012? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But way before you and I had kids. Um, uh, November 21st, 2013, when you launched the Design for Conversions book. Oh, wow. uh, If you you even remember that. Uh, And then we had you back on 2014... When we talked about product ties, when you first launched that. Uh, and then 2017, uh, actually when Process Kit was known as Ops Calendar.
1: Yeah, so, that was yeah. like a precursor to, <laughs> yeah. to Process Kit.
0: So here, here we are in the fifth one, which leads us to what we all wanted to hear. You started off in WordPress. <laughs> <laughs> you did what I saw everyone else do. Look, I, you know, this, there was this, I don't know if you saw it, there's this sort of big thread of Matt Mullenweg being interviewed about Jamstack on a, a website I, I forget the name of, but I just did a podcast about this Jamstack versus WordPress or WordPress versus Jamstack. So I've, I've shared my thoughts there already, but I was like, you know, I'm going to do this thing. I've, I've had Jack McDade on the podcast where he has, he's the creator of Statamic, which is a flat file CMS and alternative to WordPress and all of the copy on his site is is about this alternative to WordPress and how bloated WordPress is. Well, I thought mm-hmm. that was entertaining and exciting. I went into Statomic and it was like step one install composer. And I was like, what yeah. the hell is this, right? And then I found myself going, okay, well, if I'm going to do that, I guess I need a local dev environment. Then I'm researching dev in, <laughs> local dev environments. And I'm doing, I think it's called Valet by Laravel or Valet Laravel, whatever it's called. Yeah. I'm doing that. Then I'm installing. I was like, oh, you need Homebrew, which is a package manager. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. okay, I need to do that. And then I get that up and running. <laughs> and then I inst- I finally install Statamic, which failed a few times. And then I get this error message. And I'm like, I guess I need a code editor to go into these files. So then I'm in code editor world. And I'm like, Atomic versus uh, you know Sublime. And now I'm like doing this. So four hours later, I get a Statomic 3, hello world. And then it's like, oh, I got to get a theme for this. And the themes don't exist like this in the WordPress l- ecosystem.
1: Oh, God, <laughs> dude. I a hundred percent feel your pain on that. I, I, I had the same. actually, I, I don't want to hate on static too much. Cause I, I, I haven't used it that much, but, but the one time I did try to use it, uh, I ran into the same, uh, the same stuff. Like, you know, like, what is this Laravel, Laravel Valet thing that I got to install? I don't even know what it is. And, but the, I, I have the same complaint. I have the same rant about front end web development or just web development in general. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I really don't like the, the build tools, the, like now, now that I've the last couple of years since our last podcast, I, I really went deeper into the learning to, to build stuff, the whole dev stack. And the, the deeper in I get, the, the more frustrated I get with, with all these different tools on the technical side, because I really miss the days of just make an HTML page mm-hmm. ftp it to a web server and now you have a web page on the internet like it's not it just doesn't work that way anymore on on any cms and it's so annoying i, I yeah. really miss that you know like and, and- like because what it doesn't even matter what cms you're talking about you're if you're building things on the web you're still talking about um Git. first of all you have to learn Git. you have to learn right uh, uh, how to like use version, <laughs> version control. control yeah and then like and then you've got these like post processors post css and and like the web and like and you know build your, your you know compact your, your javascript and all this different crap and it's like what is happening i just want to yeah. create a page dot html and include some css and include some some javascript and put it on the internet why is that so hard you know
0: yeah and it, it was funny like i'm listen i'm not you know, I'm not a developer snowflake or anything <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not a developer, but when I'm reading the marketing material on Statamic, and it's like, literally the words were like, build a site of your dreams and no, you know, no need for WordPress bloat and how slow it is. And then there's like little, little, you know, jabs at WordPress in the installation documents of Statamic, which is, I guess like it's hilarious, hilarious for marketing. But then I started using it and I was almost offended. Like, am I just dumb? <laughs> like yeah. right? cuz he's making it sound so easy like it this is obviously mean, this is a great alternative. like everyone should use this and i it was at the point where i was frustrated and then also getting insulted <laughs> by the terminology yeah what, i mean what did, like what did you build the site on like what what was you, when you hopped off of wordpress cuz you built process kit not in wordpress right it was something else yeah
1: um yeah. So, like, here's the thing. I I completely like. I'm not really gonna debate you on this because I I agree. I completely agree with you. I, I think it is offending, to be honest. Like, to to make it that difficult. Um, but the the thing is, that there are many static site or you know Jamstack, if you will, static site generators that they are catering to developers. You know, if you prefer to. Create content in the code editor, then Jamstack is probably for you. And that that's what happened with me um, back in, around probably sometime around 2017. Well, even going back many years, like if you if you look at like even my restaurant engine website that I the marketing site for that and and all the websites that I've made since then, when I make a WordPress-powered website, all the pages are still static HTML. Like I just don't care to make everything CMS powered. Like I don't have to have every section on the homepage be controllable in the WordPress admin because I'm the only one updating it. And I prefer to update content in HTML and CSS. Um, it's not like I, I'm preparing that website for a client who, who needs that ability to update it themselves, right? right. Um, that, that would be a different story like for an agency if, if they're delivering CMS stuff to a client. Um, so, so that's what happened in, in um, I, 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 basically got a little bit sick of feeling like every time I build a WordPress website, there really is all this extra bloat that I am not touching, you know, like my pages are just HTML in, and then PHP so that I could drop them into a WordPress theme so that I could still have the, the only reason I, why I would use WordPress in that situation historically was that I wanted to have a blog and then, and then, um, at some points I would want to delegate the posting of blog posts to somebody else mm-hmm. on my team. Yep. Um, and, uh, and you know, I, I, I also make use of a few plugins, you know, for like SEO purposes and things like that. Um, but, um, but then it got to a point where, you know, I, I dove into like Ruby on Rails development to build ProcessKit, and when I got and through that process, I got really, really comfortable in the code editor. I got a lot more comfortable using terminal and and Git and GitHub than I than I was in the past. And so that that transformation for me, which happened around 2017 and 2018, like once I once I went into the dark side and on that front, on like on like app development with, with Rails, that's where. Building or like still continuing to maintain my websites in WordPress, my marketing sites in WordPress felt like even more cumbersome and and um, and all this extra work that I had to do and uh, to 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 work around the like the workflow of just creating pages and, and updating stuff and and then like yeah, there's definitely an element of of feeling slower from a from a workflow standpoint of like being able to like make a change push it out the what the site itself seems to go slower when there's all this extra bloat and have and now that I know how things work under the hood it's like I know that WordPress has literally like 80% of these features I'm not touching and then not to mention all the all the plugins and whatever other feature whatever code is built into those plugins because you got to think about each individual first of all WordPress itself is built for thousands of different use cases right so, right so they have to have all these options and abilities built into the code base. Then you t- multiply that by all the use cases for the individual themes, especially when you're talking about these theme builders, you know, like the, giving giving users the ability to uh point and click and WYSIWYG their way through a homepage layout. Um yeah, your individual layout might look the way that you want it, but but for that theme to offer that ability, that's a ton of of code and database architecture and and everything to make that happen not to mention the load on the server um you know so like you know that just knowing that all of that is is sitting there on the website when really i'm just creating some html and css like i'm not touching any of that stuff it just feels so inefficient um you know, so that, that's what led because because then when I built the Process Kit site and I did the same thing on my personal site, which is also now static. Anyway, th- sorry, that's a long way to answer your question. I decided to um, use Jekyll, which is uh, yeah, it's not yep. it's not the newest one on the block. It's 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 been around a while, but it's it's probably still like the most popular um, uh, static site generator. Uh, so I used I used that uh, also because it's Ruby based and I had learned Ruby on Rails, so that it was an easy transition for me there. Um, I liked using Jekyll. I don't I don't love everything about how it's structured and everything, but it it just feels a lot simpler and a lot faster to build pages um, and and code them. And and what I like about Jekyll, this is different from something like Statomic. I think Jekyll really is marketing itself. It's it's an open source project. It's not like a business, but like it's it's marketing itself to the coder. Yeah, you know, it, it's not trying to say hey, you can you can ditch WordPress for Jekyll. It's just saying like if if you want flat file, you know, Markdown based or just direct code based site, this is that. Yeah, um, and then yeah, I, I also that's... I also loved using Netlify. So I I hosted it um, on Netlify, which it's amazing to me that, that their free plan is so generous. I I would easily pay a lot more (laughs) if if they were charging me for it. Um, Right. It's incredibly fast. It's incredibly easy. Like you have to, you have to already be comfortable with using Git and, and pushing things to Netlify using Git. But that was really pretty easy for, for me to, to figure out and get up and running with. Um, So, so that was easy up until the point where I needed to, uh, delegate th- management of my website to someone else. And that's why I switched yeah. recently, just two weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, like, does that answer your question so far? I just think, and this is not to to, to riff on
0: Statamic because I, I do love what Jack's doing, and it's seemingly a very popular product, and I'm glad that he's building a business. But I feel like what happens with all of these pieces of software, regardless. Of them being WordPress or Statomic or whatever, is that the mar- like everyone is trying to grow? Like no one is trying to just say, "Yeah, I'm fine with the, just the users that we have here." So every marketing person, even if it's the creator like Jack, starts to say things like, "Build a site of your dreams." It is way better than WordPress, but they're they're forgetting to say asterisk for developers, right? Like yeah. this is a, a developer-led thing. And and I think all of these tools are going to get better. Uh, and that's that's what happened to WordPress. WordPress was just like, everybody use it. And now here we found ourselves 15 years later where everyone uses it. So we just don't know what it is. It's it's bloated here. It's not bloated there. It's cool here. It's not cool there. Um, and, and this is because everyone is constantly saying, use our stuff. And I think every tool ends up you know, going that way, I have a hard stop in six minutes. Is
1: there anything else you would say? Yeah, I, I want to. I, I do want to talk a bit about that transition back to WordPress, which happened for me two weeks ago. For this, uh, so I'm talking about the marketing website for Process Kit, and what happened was, I, I did not want to spend time on this. I was, I, I've got, <laughs> right. I've got too many other things to do on the product and everything. And but what happened was, I'm working with this marketer who's creating blog content. Um, my site is on it was is on netlify with Jekyll it's not a workflow that that she's able to use git or i wouldn't expect her to and everything um so the only way to actually publish these articles that she's writing for me she would have to give them to me i would need to convert them into html and and upload them to the site and and i could do that once i don't want to do it 20 times right. um and so what all i wanted to do was okay, I have this static site. I like the way it's built. I like my workflow with building it. I just want to plug in a simple CMS just for the blog pages. Like just, I just want to make one box where you could drop in a a blog post and, and it publishes. And there are some tools. I know there's some technical ways and workarounds. And Netlify has this thing called like Netlify CMS. I spent a whole day trying to get that to work. Um, and it sort of works, but it's still like if she if she wants to like uh, preview the article or schedule it in advance, you have to wait a bunch of minutes for it to render itself, and even that doesn't work fully. Sometimes it's you know so so then I ultimately like this the the delegation of publishing to someone else on the team that is where WordPress shines, you know um, yeah, and so. Uh, so, so that's why I ultimately went – because I, I did try a bunch of different options, like trying to plug in a, a very simple, lightweight CMS into my existing Jekyll site. Um, and I, I know that there's a bunch of – there's like way too many CMSs out there on the internet. All of them are trying to pitch themselves as – as soft it's a it's a lightweight cms just dropping yeah, it these it's way
0: better than wordpress right? it's like, or, okay.
1: or just <laughs> dr- dropping these magic little tags into your website and everything will be peaches and it's not it, it's just you know um it, it's, it's just the the workflow of of like setting something up to publish is is just not there um you know so so then but now i'm like i i then i i, w- I ended up wasting three or four days on converting the whole site back into a wordpress site and getting it hosted and, and getting that to work. Um, And then there were like issues with the, 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 the host, the hosting going down and I had to wait on the host provider to uh, to fix all that. So that was a pain. Um, But what my wish for, and maybe there is something like this, I'm just not aware of It's like um, a stripped down version of WordPress. Like I, I wish there was a, if, if WordPress wants to sort of like cater to these, to folks who who would typically prefer a Jamstack kind of thing like myself, but still want sort of the benefits of a WordPress site. There should be like, um, I don't know, like I know there's a thing called like WordPress headless. I don't know if this is that, but like something where I can just come to WordPress.org and say like, okay, I want to check these boxes and leave these other 20 boxes unchecked because I just want these two capabilities of WordPress build me that and I'll deploy it you know yeah. um i just want the ability to like do a simple blog and scheduling and and i don't need the whole gutenberg editor i don't need the whole what you know plugin ecosystem i don't need all that that stuff it's just you know
0: well maybe when we have you back on in 2022 <laughs> or 2021, there might be a solution out there uh, that does something like that. Brian, it's been an amazing uh, episode. Number one, it was great to catch up. Number two is great to dive in to see where your, your mind is at in running uh, the many businesses that you do. And look, we're happy to, we're happy to have you back here on the WordPress side of the fence. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: this is fun, Matt. Thanks uh, Uh, thanks for
0: having me on. Uh, Good to catch up. Where can folks find you to say thanks? Where can they check out process kit? All of the fun stuff.
1: Yeah, obviously processkit.com. Um and uh, Twitter is the place where I'm hanging out most of the time. So am, uh, I'm I'm Cast Jam on Twitter. At Cast Jam,
0: check it out. MattReport.com. MattReport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. Facebook just recommended Brian and I to be friends ten years later. Can you believe it?
1: Oh man. Those, those
0: those algorithms aren't as sharp as we all think they
1: are. I'm gonna subject you to photos of my kids now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right, brother. Thanks for listening. Everyone else, we'll see you in the next episode.